Hi, this is Blake Andrews, lead pastor at Victory World Outreach Denton, Texas. This is our podcast, and we're so glad that you came to check it out today. I hope this message encourages you and inspires you to do great things for God. This is chapter 3. It's good to have Pastor Pops, Pastor Andrews back this morning after two months of... I told him he's backslidden. He needs to come back to the Lord. Amen. But he's looking sharp back there, and hopefully mom will be here soon. Amen. She's going to be released this week from the hospital. Praise God. And go home. So soon and very soon we'll be seeing her. Amen. We're going to get into a series this morning that I believe and know the Lord put on my heart, and I really believe it's going to bring some serious growth, and it's going to be a little bit difficult. Amen. How many know surgery hurts sometimes? And, but when you get done and you're fixed, and so we're going to talk about honesty this morning. Amen. Three weeks. We're going to talk this morning. We're going to talk next Sunday. And we're going to talk the following Sunday. Here's what we're going to do if you're taking notes. We're going to do it in three ways. It's all going to be about honesty and truth. But the first one is going to be honesty with God. And we're going to work on being honest with God. We can't, we can't say, you know, I need to be honest with myself or I need to be honest with others until we get right with God. Amen. We get honest with God and we're transparent with God. So the first week today is going to be honesty with God. Next Sunday is going to be honesty with myself, being honest with myself, and the third week is going to be honesty with others. So we're going to, we're going to get into Genesis in just a minute, but I want to get a little, give you a little bit of, of background of what we're going to talk about and, and realize how important honesty is. And I'm going to give you a lot of scriptures. I'm going to put up John chapter 8, verse 32, and many of you will know this verse. This is how important honesty is to God. If you know this verse, it says, if you know that you know you will know the truth and the truth will what so what does honesty do honesty sets us free amen this is the core of the gospel and a lot of times we think okay if i know the truth of the gospel that jesus died on the cross for my sins that sets me free yes that's true but what we don't understand is beyond that and even more than that is that jesus is truth that God is truth. I'm going to give a definition in a second of what truth is, but really God is the definition of what truth is. Okay? And so when we begin to talk about honesty, that can be an area that is difficult for people. Amen? And, and what I don't want you to do this morning is begin to elbow your neighbor. Amen? I don't want you to begin to start thinking about someone that's here or in your family or in your neighborhood or, or in your workplace that's not honest. Because today... We're talking about you. Amen? Tell the person next to you, he's talking to you. Amen? That was your only chance to tell the person around you. But now, if you could look at yourself in the mirror, you'd say, you're talking to me. Amen? God is talking to me this morning. So we're honesty with God, okay? So the truth will set us free. How many want to be free this morning? I mean totally free. Not just saved, but free. Not having any chains, any shackles, as John said so well leading in, nothing holding us back. No weights keeping us from running the race. So we've got to be honest with God. The, the definition of honest is this, free of deceit. Free of deceit and untruthfulness or sincere. And then if, sometimes we think about the word deceit and we don't really, really know what that is, so it's important to know what the definition of that is. It says the action or practice of deceiving someone by concealing or misrepresenting the truth. Amen? So there's the definition. Now, how many have ever heard the saying, honesty is the best policy? 
Have ever heard that saying? Whenever you're facing a decision, you have to do something, you have to talk about something, you might say, well, what should I do? And someone will say, honesty is the best policy. How many know that's true? Honesty is the best policy. But I'm going to take it up a notch from honesty is the best policy, and I'm going to say this. Honesty is the only policy. Can I get a better amen? It's the only policy. We, we cannot look as believers at honesty as an option. I think I'm going to try to be honest, or I think I should be honest. Honesty is not an option. Honesty is something we must be. We must have. Amen? And, and as you're going to see in the scriptures, God doesn't give us the choice. I mean, he does give us a choice, amen, because we have free will. But he doesn't say, I, I hope that you're honest. He wills us to honesty because when we're honest, we're most like God. Amen? If God is truth and God is honesty, that when I'm walking in transparency, I am the most like God. How many want to be the most like God that you can possibly be? So we're going to start off in Genesis. Because truth and honesty and lies and deception all started in the garden. Amen? Genesis chapter 3. If you've got your Bibles, if you're taking notes, we're going to read several scriptures here. Right before we read, I, I, I have no doubt that the Holy Spirit that puts on my heart I have no doubt. I've never preached a series on honesty before. I've preached messages. I know this is for this time. I know this is for a moment. I know that there's going to be people in this series that are going to get set free. They're going to get delivered. They're going to have shackles broken off their lives. Amen. It's going to heal some things. It's going to change some things. It's going to build character because this is a series that brings character to the church. Amen. We want to be a church that is not acting like Christians or talking like Christians or singing like Christians. We want to be a church that are Christians, amen, and are believers and are strong in our faith and walk in the character of God and the honesty of God. So Genesis 3 verse 1 says, The serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field, which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, Has God? Now this is the devil's work. Devil will always question God. Has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden. But the fruit of the tree, which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, somebody say, God said, you shall not eat it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Now leave that there for a second. I want, I want us to really understand this. One of the things that's missing the most in churches today is true preaching. Straight preaching. Real preaching. We don't want to talk a lot of times about consequences. And we don't want to talk a lot of times about, you know, don't ruffle my feathers. Don't offend me. Don't, don't get in my business. Well, the reason we want to get in your business is because we want to deal with things on this side of, of heaven. We want to deal with things on this side of eternity. And our goal is that we don't just exist as a church, but that every single one of us are going to swing those gates of heaven wide open. Can you say amen? And we're going to go into heaven and not hell. And so God has a plan, and he has a purpose, and he has things written down, and he has a way that we're supposed to follow. And we have the choice to disobey, but if we do, what happens? You'll die. That's the truth. Amen? He says, don't touch it lest you die. So she is, she is conscious and knows what's right. I mean, you know, a lot of times we, I don't know what's right. Yeah, you do. Right? I don't know what the right thing, yes, we do. 
It's written on our hearts. Did you know that before you ever picked up a Bible or ever heard a message, God said in his word that the, the Bible was written on your heart? So you do know what's right. And the Holy Spirit works in you. And at this moment, Eve is speaking truth and honesty because she knows what's right. She's saying, this is what God has said. Now let's keep reading. Then the serpent said, here's what the devil does. You will not surely die. Okay, so what's the devil doing? He is lying or he is asking her, do you think that God is truth? Do you think that God is honest? Do you think that what God has said is right? Okay, and then look what she says. For God, he says, for God knows that in the day you eat of it, your eyes will be opened. And you will be like God, knowing good and evil. So when the woman saw that the tree was good, that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree desirable to make one wise, I mean, know we get in trouble when we start being wise our way, not God's way. She took of its fruit and she ate. And she also gave to her husband with her, and he ate. Then, watch this, then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they knew that they were naked. Watch this. This is key. And they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves coverings. Say the word covering. Anytime you have to cover something up, it's not God. Woo, I heard a pin drop just now. Anytime you have to cover something up, it's not God. Okay, watch what it says then. And they heard the sound of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves. Anytime you have to hide something, it's not God. Let me say that over on this side. Anytime you have to hide something, it's not God. Anytime you have to cover something up, anytime you have to hide something, God is not involved. Amen. And so we're seeing this here in this part of the scripture that all of a sudden they have, they have gone against the truth of God, they have disobeyed, and now they are having to cover up. They are having to hide. Now there is, there's something that they are ashamed of. Okay, they have, they have failed and made a mistake. And it says, they hid themselves from the presence of the Lord, God among the trees of the garden. Let's keep reading. And the Lord God called to Adam and said, Adam, where are you? How many know when God asks where you're at, you're in trouble? When God asks what you're doing, you're in trouble. Okay? You will see it all through the Bible. Whenever God asks something, now listen, how many know that God knew where Adam was? God's not asking because he's not omniscient and he's not omnipresent and he's not all-powerful. He's asking because he's checking to see what Adam's going to do. Because Adam has been caught. And so he says, Adam, where are you? And so watch what Adam says. Here begins the beginning of deception and lies. Half-truth. How many know a half-truth is a whole lie? Do you get that? There's no such thing as a half-truth. It's either 100% truth or it's a 100% lie. So he answers, so he said, I heard your voice in the garden. I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. Okay, let's keep reading. Watch what he says. And he said, who told you that you were naked? 
Have you eaten from the tree of which I commanded that you should not eat? How many know God already knew? Watch what he says then. Then the man said, watch what, God, watch what Adam does. He's, this is Adam's second chance. Let me, before I read this, let me explain something. God always gives us a chance to come right. Always gives us an opportunity. When he said, Adam, where are you? What should Adam have done? Adam shouldn't have said, hey, I heard your voice and I hid because I was scared. He should have said, Lord, I messed up. Right? He should have confessed. He should have been what? Honest with God. Okay? He should have just said, you know what? We messed up. But he didn't. He said, I heard your voice and I was naked and I was afraid. So he gave him a half truth. Didn't tell him what, what he did. He didn't confess. Now he has a second chance. And he says, how, well, how do you know that? God's, you know, just kind of interrogating him a little bit. Well, how do you know that you're naked? And so then what does Adam do? Instead of confessing in a second opportunity, he says, Lord, this woman you gave me made me sin. He blamed it on the woman. Right? So women, how many see that you sinned first? Amen? But then the man blamed you. Right? So he says, the woman you gave to be with me, she gave me of the tree. She made me eat, and I ate. Okay? So instead of admitting his sin, he puts it on her. Now, how many notice that God did not ask Eve first? He asked the man. He went to the head. And he said, what have you been doing? And so he's always going to deal with the head first. Amen? With the man first. Now watch what it says. And the Lord God said to the woman. Then he goes, okay, now I'm going to deal with you. What is this you have done? And what does she say? The woman said, the serpent. Now watch this. The woman was more honest. But she also had the opportunity to watch her husband fail first. She just said, the serpent deceived me, and I ate. Right? How many know it's easier to come clean once you've already been caught? Okay? But what was missed here in this story is that Adam had a chance to be honest. God always gives us a chance. How many know this morning that we're not serving a God who is standing on the throne with a belt, hoping we mess up and just waiting for us to just to spank us? That's not the God that we serve. He's a God who loves us. He's a God who wants great things for us. He's a God who has plans for us, and, and he wants to prosper us, and he wants to do amazing things in us, but he wants honesty. He wants transparency from us. He wants us to be real with him. Amen? So as we see in this story in the Bible, honesty is very, very key and important. I want to show you another verse this morning that is so important. Here's, here's the thing we've got to remember. Now, we're not talking about being honest yet with yourself. We're not talking about being honest yet with your neighbor or your spouse or your kids or your coworker. This is about you and God. And the thing that we need to realize this morning more than anything else, is that God sees everything. Okay? Everything. Say everything. There is nothing that you do. There is nothing that you think. There is no place that you go that God does not see and that God does not know. Now that should be scary and that should be helpful. And that should be helpful. That should be scary. And that should be scary, and that should be helpful. Right? That God sees everything. I just feel like I just need to stay there for a second. Because as human beings, as Adam did, what we do is we think, well, as long as my spouse doesn't know. Well, as long as my kids don't know. 
Well, as long as my friend doesn't know. Well, as long as whoever doesn't know. And too many times we fail because we don't think, well, God knows. Watch what Hebrews chapter 4 says. Look at this verse. This is a very sobering verse. There is no creature hidden from his sight. Okay? This should help us. It should help us realize, what, who am I fooling? Who am I fooling? I can't fool God. Again, I can fool my wife. I can fool you. I can fool my kids. I can fool my job. I can fool my neighbor. I can fool everybody. But I can't fool God. Who am I kidding? There's nothing hidden from his sight. And, but, but it says, but all things are what? Naked and open to the eyes of him. To what? To whom we must give an account. Now, if your palms are sweating, that's a good thing. Amen. If, 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 even if you haven't done anything wrong, if your palms are sweating, that's a good thing. Because the Bible says the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. We need more fear of God. Today, too many people are walking around in their lives as Christians, and they're living lives of secret sins. And they're, and they're heading down a path of nothing but destruction, being deceived by a greasy grace. Can I get an amen? Amen. Man, some of you are like, why did I come back today? Couldn't you come back, to Pastor, with a little easier message, some happy news from Tanzania or something? Amen. This is good news because this gets us right. This is, a, this is, a, this is a, a, an alignment on your vehicle. Amen. This is a tune-up in your car. This is making sure everything's working right because we've got to be honest with God because if we don't, we're just fooling ourselves. God sees everything. Amen. Will you say that with me? God sees everything. Okay? So it's very important to understand that. Hebrews is a good book to read. It'll put the fear of the Lord in you. Amen. Now, some people would say, and I didn't say this in the first message, man, I, I, I'm, I, I thought I didn't, wasn't coming to some church that preaches fire and brimstone, and you're here at a church that preaches everything. Amen. We want the truth. I was going to play a thing, but I didn't. You might have heard. I've never even actually seen the whole movie, but there's a movie called A Few Good Men, and Jack Nicholson's in it, and there's this part that says, Tom Cruise says, I want the truth. And Jack Nicholson says, you can't handle the truth. Right? He screams it back. You can't handle the truth. Amen? The, tr the truth is a lot of people can't handle the truth. But let me tell you what a sign of maturity is. A sign of maturity in God is when you begin to handle the truth. And not only do you begin to handle the truth, you begin to want the truth. You begin to say, Lord, give me the whole truth and nothing but the truth. The truth, the whole truth, nothing but the truth. I want it all. Amen. There's some people in here this morning that are palmy sweaty, sweaty palms and, 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 and looking at your watch, wanting to get out of here because I'm hitting some nerves. But there's some other people in here saying, Lord, give it to me. Give it to me. I want it all. I want everything. I want to know everything I need to know. I want to be right with you. I want to be clean with you. I'm coming clean, Lord, because I'm realizing this morning you see it all. Amen. Why, though, is honesty so important with God? I want to show you something that the Lord showed me. There's several verses. I could use lots of verses. I want to give you a couple. Later on in time, read Proverbs 6. Okay, write that down. It's around 16 to 19. But I want to, I want to show, show you that there are seven things that God hates. You realize there's things God hates? 
Seven things. And one of them that you'll read later, please don't read it now, is Proverbs 6, and he says he hates lying. And it's crazy because lying, how many know, how many if we're honest, we're just honest, we're being talking about honesty, if we're honest, a lot of times we don't look at lying as that big of a deal. If we're honest. We think, well, that lie is not that big of a deal, or it's just a white lie. How many have ever heard that? A white lie. The white, it's, just, it's not that, you know, or whatever. Whatever you, lying doesn't seem like that big of a deal to us. But let me tell you something. It doesn't matter what us, what us think, what we think. Amen? It matters what God thinks, and God puts lying in the same sentence as murder. As murder. And, and, and let me just tell you something. If you don't think lying is serious this morning, the Bible says liars will not inherit the kingdom of God. In the same verse, and same chapter, and same paragraph as murderers, and fornicators, and adulterers, and all those people that we think are so bad, liars are in there. Liars will not inherit the kingdom of God. So why is honesty so important? Because God hates liars. And I'm going to show you in a minute. We're going to take another step that's going to show you even more why. Why he hates lying so much. But here's a verse in Proverbs chapter 12, verse 22. I do want you to see lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. All right? Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. You think about that word abomination. It's a pretty strong word. Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord. But those who deal truthfully are his delight. Now, what I like about this, the word deal is I think about work. Those who work on the truth. Those who work on honesty. Those who are trying. Let's, let's be honest. We all fail in these areas sometimes. We all make mistakes. We all say those little lies and then we follow it up with another one sometimes and then we don't catch ourselves and then all of a sudden we find ourselves in a web. A web. Because, you, because the problem is is you can't remember a lie. Because a lie is fabricated and made up. The truth is the best policy. The truth is the policy. It's, the truth is always going to come out. How many know that? That's why a good message like this is so healing because I can get right with God this morning and I can confess some things to God and I can say, Lord, I'm going to be honest with you because I don't want, I don't, I would rather have you, God, deal with me personally in my, my private place of honesty with you than you to deal with me publicly and show my sins publicly to everybody. Amen. A lot of things, I was praying this morning, Lord, let, let this message hit people if they're in a place where someday they'll be publicly exposed. God, please let them get this today so they can be privately exposed by you and healed by you and dealt with by you so they don't have to be publicly exposed. Amen. How many would rather have private dealings with God than public? How many, how many have ever been spanked in public? The, the, the spanking hurts physically the same, publicly or privately. But how many know the private spanking is much better? Because just you and dad or mom know about it. Right? So we need to be honest with God and allow him to deal with us. So lying, honesty is so important because he hates it. Now, this is the meat of the message right here. I want to give you a comparison between Jesus and Satan. And I want to show you why God hates lying so much. Because I said in the beginning, Jesus, or, or honesty, is God. God is honesty. It's, it's his nature. It's his being. Now, Jesus 
said about himself, you'll know this verse well, in John 14, 6. Many of you have heard this verse. He says, I am the way, I am the truth, or honesty, I am the life. Right? And obviously the verse goes on to say, no, uh, no one comes unto the Father except through me. But he says, he says, I am truth. I am truth. My being is truth. God does not know what a lie is. He doesn't know how to lie. He doesn't know how to be fake. He doesn't know how to be deceitful. It's not in him. Now that can be hard sometimes. Watch this. Stay with me. That can be hard sometimes for us to relate to because we're not God. And we're not perfect. And we don't know what it is to not have any deception to us. We're born in it. We're born in deception. We're born into sin. We're born with a sin nature. And so it's very difficult for us to picture that. But God hates it because he is truth. Amen. It says, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. So he's describing himself. Do you see that? He says, this is who I am. And, and one of, here, I want to just say this too. I didn't say this in the first, first uh, service this morning. I'm thankful this morning that God is honest. Right? I'm not going to ask you to raise your hands, but all across this place, we know people in our lives that could be real close, real far away, who are not honest and have deceived us and lied to us and told us things. And, and that's one of the big reasons, church, why so many people don't want to go to church today, because they've been lied to so much. People haven't been honest with them. I'm thankful that God is honest. That God has not changed his word. He's the same yesterday as he is today, as he will be tomorrow. And he's not going to change his word. And I don't have to relearn it again. And he told it everything that about me there, and he's not changing it. He, if he said, if you, if you want to disobey me, hell's waiting for you. I'm just going to be honest with you. If you want to reject me, you can go there. That's, I didn't make it for you, but I'm just going to be honest. If you want to reject me, there it is. He's honest with us. You want to go to heaven? I've made a way for you. I've gone to prepare a place for you that where I may be, you may be also. I'm just going to be honest, God says. I'm just, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not going to change. There's no variance in me. And I don't know about you, but I'm just thankful he's honest. That, that, that you know, we, we were looking at a fire last night, and I started thinking about hell and watching that fire burn, watching that wood burn and thinking the Bible says that that's a place where the, where the fire will not go out and the worm will not die. And some people want to, I also didn't say, you're getting a different message here in the second service, by the way, amen. But, the, but the, 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 that verse, so a lot of people think, well, when we, if, if they believe in hell, if they accept that, they're just going to go there and burn and be done. God was honest. He didn't say that in his, in his word. He said, if you go to hell, the fire doesn't quench, and the worm doesn't die. Eternal damnation forever. Amen. And that's why it should sober us. And we need to stop sometimes and think, is the lie that I'm in, is the thing I'm lying about, is the thing that I'm faking, is the thing that I'm hiding, is the thing that I'm covering, is that worth hell? I doubt it. Matter of fact, I'm sure it's not. There can't be any sin that you're living in right now. There can't be any pleasure that you're having right now that is good enough to go to hell over. But God was honest. He said, if you choose that path, that's where you're going to go. I like that my God is honest with me. I know that if, if I can't trust anybody else, I can trust God. That he's not going to lie to me. Right? Right? We've been hurt. Lots of people have been hurt by people who, who lied to them. And that's the reason a lot of people can't get healed, because they think God's like them. But God's not like us. 
God's perfect, God's holy, God's righteous, and God is truth. Self-described, okay? So Jesus says, I'm the way, I'm honest, I'm the truth, and I'm the life. And then what does he say about Satan? Get this if you don't get anything else in this message. Why does God hate lying so much? Why does God uh, describe Satan this way? He says in, in uh, John 8, 44, he says, you are of, the fa- you are of, the, of your father, the devil. Now, I, some of you here possibly might not have had a good relationship with your dad. I'm going to hit a nerve for a second here. If you didn't have a good relationship, and you can put it to your mom, it doesn't matter, you, you should get the idea, or somebody in your life. If you didn't have a good relationship with your dad, if your dad wasn't good to you, if he wasn't a good father, if he wasn't a loving father, if he was a mean father, or whatever, and somebody ever says, you're just like your dad, that hurts. Right? You're just like your dad. When we lie, and we're not honest, we're just like the devil. We're just like the devil. And God hates that, because the devil is his adversary. And God hates that because the devil has lied to us. He says, you're acting like, when we lie and we're not honest, we're acting like the devil. Come on. I'm here still here. He says, and the desires of your father, you want to do. Now, why is he saying this? How many understand this morning that when we got saved, we were adopted by Abba Father? Okay? We served Satan before we served God. We were children of the devil, children of the darkness. Whether you like that, to understand that or not, you were. Until we came into the light, we were lost. The Bible says, I, that song says, I was lost, but now I'm found, right? We were darkness. We've come out of darkness into his marvelous light. So before God became our father and we were adopted into to his kingdom, our father was the devil. That's why he says, you're, you're of your father, the devil, the actions that we do. And he says, the desires of your father you want to do. And he said, he was a murderer from the beginning. And he says, and does not stand in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. Amen. Now stay with me. There is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie... He speaks from his own resources. Leave that verse up there. For he is the, a liar and the father of it. He's the inventor of the lie. He started it in the garden. And every time, church, we lie, and every time we take lightly being dishonest, we're acting like the devil. Ooh, it got quiet. He wasn't this quiet in the first service. I must be hitting some nerves. Good. Good, because it's healthy. It builds character. Do you want to be like the devil? No, I don't. I hate the devil. I don't want to look anything like the devil. I want God to tell me I look like him. How many want God to tell you that you look like him? Right? I want to look like my father. I don't want to look like the devil. And so I don't want God to tell me that I'm acting like the devil. And one of the biggest ways I can act like the devil is lying because he's the father of lies. How many are seeing how serious it is to be honest? It's a serious thing. But how many are thankful this morning that there's hope? 
But the question you have to ask yourself is, if we're adopted into the kingdom and, and God becomes Abba Father, but if we're acting like the devil, he's our father, then you have to ask yourself, who's your daddy? Who's your daddy? Right? Are you acting like your daddy, the, the devil? Or are you acting like your father, God? And I don't know about you, but I want to be like God. And so I can't worry about being honest with myself or being honest with my wife or my kids or my family. I got to worry about being honest with the Father. Because if I can get honest with Him, I'll be honest with everybody else. Amen? If I can get to where I'm not covering up anything with God and I'm an open book with God and I'm transparent with God and I have nothing to hide with God, every other relationship I have is going to be an open book. Come on. So here's the hope. We're going to go back to Hebrews to close. That same chapter we were in that said, nothing's hidden from God. We're going to go back a couple verses. And he says, let us be diligent to enter rest. How many know this morning that we have a goal? It's to get to heaven. How many know this morning that this life is going to end? This life is short. This, 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 this day, tomorrow's not promised. This, this, we're just passing through. Life is a vapor. But we have a hope that we will enter rest. When I was looking at that fire, there's no rest in that place. No rest. Uh, discomfort and, 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 and thirsting. I was talking about the parable with Lazarus. Amen? Remember the parable with Lazarus? Where he said, just dip your finger in water. And just tip, put it on the tip of my tongue. He didn't even ask for a glass of water in hell. He said, just dip your finger. And touch the tip of my tongue. Unrest. Pain. And more than anything, separation from God. Total separation from God. That's not what God's will is for us. He wants us to enter rest. Right? Eternal rest. And so we have to be diligent to not get caught up in anything that's going to keep us from getting to that rest. So he says, be diligent to enter that rest. Lest anyone fall according to the same examples of disobedience. How many know there's a whole bunch of examples in the Bible of disobedience? God went to all these people. He went to Moses. He went to Achan. He went to David. He went to, I mean, all throughout the Bible. And he says, where have you been? What are you doing? How many know Judas could have repented? But it's, oh, he knew he was going to, he knows you're going to next lie. He knows your last lie, too. He knows everything. He knew Judas was going to mess up, but he didn't make Judas mess up. That last lie we told, God didn't make us do it. The devil did. Because he's the father of all lies. Right? How many are still here? So he, we, we, wanna, we have all these examples that we can le learn from, but the hope is that we have a God who's been where we've been. Watch what it says next. For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And this is where we got to get, that it's piercing even to the division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow. Watch this. And is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. You can't fool God. I can't fool God. And if I'm reading his word, he is telling me that's an area you need to work on right there. That's an attitude you need to work on right there. That's a lie. Deal with that. Tell the truth. Fix that. Go back and make that right. Stop doing that. He's, dis he's, dis he's, he's dealing with the motives of our heart. The word of God is. It's living Amen? Now watch what it says. 
that's the verse we read. No, no creature hidden from his sight. All things are naked, open to the eyes of him to whom we must give account. But here's the hope. Seeing that we have a great high priest, I'm here thankful for Jesus. See, if I'd have stopped before getting to this, this verse, we're doomed. We're, we're dishonest. We're liars. We fail. We make mistakes. Thank God we have a high priest who has passed through the heavens. Jesus, the Son of God. And he says, let us hold fast our, this is a key word, confession. Confession. Verse 15. For we do not have a high priest. Somebody say there's hope. We do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. But was in all points tempted as we are yet without sin. Jesus has passed. There's no temptation you're passing he has not been through. There's no lie, temptation to lie that he has not passed through. There is no pain he has not passed through. He's been through it all. Everything. But he didn't sin. Fully God and fully man. He didn't sin. <clears throat> Last verse. So what do we got to do? How are we going to get honest with God? We got to come to him boldly because he is a father. Who loves us he's a father who will forgive us if we come clean we're honest but before he comes and asks us where you been what you've been doing today you can come to the altar and you can say lord before you even ask i know you know what i've done but before you ask i'm gonna come clean lord there's some there's some things in my life i need to get right there's some things i've been hiding and your word has revealed to me today that a reminder you see it all who am I fooling? We can get honest with God. Healing will start coming. Because he says we can come with to the boldly to the throne of conviction. We can come boldly to the throne of condemnation. We can come boldly to the throne of the sentence that we deserve. What does it say? Is anybody in here thankful for grace? I am. Grace. Grace is not so we can sin and say, oh, Lord, sorry for, sorry for that so I can sin again. Grace is for when I fail. Grace is for when I make a mistake. He picks me back up and says, I got you. Let's get this right. And he says that we might find mercy and grace and help to help in time of need. We have a need this morning. We need forgiveness. We need a second chance. We need a new beginning. We need an open door. We need an opportunity. And today we have that because of God's grace. As you, as you bow your heads and close your eyes, please don't start thinking about lunch or where you're going. Just stay with me. As you bow your head and close your eyes, <clears throat> the Word of God says in 1 John, if we confess our sins, He's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Now stay with me as your heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Please, nobody looking around, just focus this morning. I want you to think about something. If you're here right now and as I'm preaching and we're praying and you're thinking of somebody else, stop. Stop. You're thinking of someone else you know that needs to get right. You're thinking of a neighbor, a spouse, a friend. You're thinking of somebody else right now. Stop. 
We're not there yet. This is about honesty with God. This is about you and God. This is about me and God. Stop trying to fix other people. Stop trying to to get other people's lives right. Worry about yourself. The Bible doesn't say work out other people's salvation with fear and trembling. It says work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I can't get nobody else to heaven if I'm not getting there myself. Focus on you. One of the great things about God's word is that when you focus on you, he takes care of the rest. We'll get to that. We'll get to, we'll get to being honest with ourselves and honest with others because that's, that's a huge part of this process. But you've got to get this first one right. You've got to get right with God. You've got to get honest with God. We've got to stop blaming other people like Adam did. My wife made me do it. Stop blaming people. Say, Lord, I'm going to humble myself this morning. I'm going to get right. I'm going to, I'm going to confess this sin. I'm going to f- confess this attitude. I'm going to confess this whatever it is. I don't know what you're dealing with. I can only know what I'm dealing with. I know the Holy Spirit's here. I know His Word has been preached. And I know there's going to be healing if we'll just get honest with God. How many in this place this morning would be honest with God and say, Lord, if I died this morning, if I passed into eternity, I would not go to heaven. I'm not saved. I'm not born again today I want to be born again. I want to be saved. I want to get my life right with God, honest with the Lord. Just lift your hand up and put it down. I want to pray with you this morning, all over this place. That's me. I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Honest. Maybe you're here and you're backslidden. You knew the Lord at some point, but life has come in, lies have come in, deceptions come in coldness has come in, comforts come in and you're backslidden this morning, you're not walking with God and you need to get right with God just lift your hand up God will see. Your, God sees your hand, amen 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 it's okay that it's, it's quiet in here it's okay, this is a healing message this is a character message this is a message we need, I need, you need we all need honesty with God we're going to take a few minutes here to close this service and we're going to open up that throne room of grace we're going to open up that, that communication line with God, and we're going to do what that first John says. I'm going to say, Lord, I'm going to confess my sins to you. I'm going to come right with you. I'm going to help you in the next couple of weeks how to come right with your family or friends or whoever else and with yourself through the Scriptures, but today it's with God. God, I'm going to be honest with you. As we stand to our feet this morning, let's take a few minutes. Let's talk to God. Let's be honest with him. Maybe while I was preaching, the Lord revealed something to you. Maybe the Lord showed you something. Maybe he's, he's, he's pricking at your heart and he's saying, come now. Deal with this now. Don't wait till I have to come deal with you. Deal with it with me now in private so I don't have to deal with it in public. Amen. Maybe you don't have anything you're dealing with. Maybe you're here and you're just like, God, I'm coming down to this altar to just get a checkup. Father, search me. Father, show me if there's anything in my life that's dishonest. Anything in my life that doesn't line up with your word. Amen. Let's spend some time in the presence of the Lord this morning. Thanks again for listening. If you want to hear more messages, please subscribe to our podcast channel. 
And if you like it, consider rating it and sharing it with your friends. For more content from VWO Denton, go to our website at vwotexas.com.